Our good word today is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Paul says this, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. You'll recall that Paul had been taken down to Athens there in verse 1. We thought it good to be left at Athens alone. But Paul was very concerned about the young Christians back at Thessalonica, people who had been saved perhaps two months. And so he sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to minister to the people, and then he promised to have Timothy meet with him, and then they would minister together. Paul was concerned lest Satan should get an advantage over these new believers. Now, you'll notice in this chapter, chapter 3 of 1 Thessalonians, the word faith is repeated several times. In verse 2, we sought to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. In verse 5, I sent to know your faith. In verse 7, therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our afflictions and distresses by your faith. In verse 10, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your faith and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So the entire chapter emphasizes establishing people in the faith. Now you'll recall, if you have been following with us in these studies at all, that the theme of chapter 3 is stability. Chapter 1, it's salvation. We saw how the church was born. In chapter 2, we saw how the church was nurtured. Now in chapter 3, Paul is showing us how our faith is established. In verse 2, we sought to establish you. Down in verse 13, to the end that he may establish your hearts unblameable. In verse 8, for now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. Now Christians, if they're going to stand, have to stand in faith. The Christian life is built on faith. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, we're told that we go from faith to faith. Now, you were saved by faith. What is faith? Faith is simply committing yourself to God. Faith is trusting the promises of God. Faith is acting as though God speaks the truth because God does speak the truth. Now, faith is not presumption. A man gets on the top of the Empire State Building and says, I have the faith I can float down. He jumps. He doesn't float. And he dies. That isn't faith. That's presumption. Many people who think they are living by faith are really living by chance. Now, I think it would be good for us at this point to discuss this matter of what does it mean to live by faith. Living by faith. Living by faith means obeying God's commandments and trusting God's promises in spite of feelings and circumstances. I want to repeat that now. To live by faith means to obey God's commandments and to trust God's promises in spite of feelings and circumstances. Now, far too many Christians build their lives on feelings on the inside and circumstances on the outside. I suppose the greatest example of the life of faith anywhere in the Bible is that of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham to live a life of faith, to leave his home in Ur of the Chaldees, to turn his back on everything he had there, and simply to follow God, to step out and follow the Lord. Now, Abraham went through many difficulties, trials on the outside and trials on the inside. 
No sooner had Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees and come into the land of Canaan when a famine came to the land in Genesis chapter 12. A famine. And immediately the devil said to Abraham, you see how foolish you are trying to live by faith? Here God called you to follow him. And what's he done? He's brought a famine into the land. And what did Abraham do? You remember in Genesis, Abraham went down into Egypt. Now, instead of trusting God's promises, God had promised to take care of Abraham. God had said he would feed him and lead him and use him. Instead of trusting God's promises, Abraham looked at circumstances, and he went down to Egypt, and he got himself into trouble. That trip down to Egypt cost him dearly for the rest of his life. The same thing happened when... uh, he was uh, walking in other areas when they asked about his wife. Uh, when the king wanted to know about his wife, he lied about his wife. Why didn't he trust God? Well, because he was going by circumstances. Now, far too many Christians do this. I've watched it. I've seen people come to Christ, and they're happy in the Lord. Oh, it's so wonderful to be saved. And then somebody gets sick, or he loses his job, or his son is injured in the service somewhere. And right away the devil says, "Uh uh-huh, is it worth it to trust God? Why should you bother to trust God? He doesn't take care of you. Now, I want to repeat, to live by faith is to trust God's promises and obey God's commandments in spite of circumstances and feelings. Now, if we went by our feelings, we would never follow the Lord. God's Word says we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, far too many Christians walk by sight. They see the way things are going. They get into trouble. They're like Peter. When Peter was there in the boat and the storm was raging, they saw Jesus coming on the water. Peter said, if it be thou, bid me come on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. Here's an amazing thing. Peter, in the storm, walks on the water. But the word of God says when he saw the winds boisterous and saw the waves, he began to be afraid and he sank. And as he began to sink, he cried out and said, Lord, save me, and Jesus rescued him. Now, friend of mine, you and I are too prone to get our eyes off of the Lord Jesus and get them on circumstances or get them on other Christians. How easy it is for us to get discouraged just by looking at other Christians or to get them on ourselves. I guarantee if you sit down and look at yourself long enough, you'll be thoroughly discouraged, thoroughly disappointed. You'll want to quit. You'll say like Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And God can never use me. And God cleansed him and said, Now you go and you preach my word. Peter said the same thing. Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, Follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. Living by faith means obeying God's commandments and trusting God's promises in spite of circumstances and feelings. Now, far too many Christians build their lives on their feelings, and this is wrong. Now, I want to take the remaining minutes of this study to talk to you about how do we know when we're walking by faith? How do you and I know when we are actually walking by faith? Well, let's turn to Romans chapter 1 for just a moment. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The just shall live by faith. We aren't just saved by faith. We live by faith. There are in the book of Romans four tests of Bible faith. You may want to write them down or mark them in your Bible. There are four tests of Bible faith. I can always tell 
whether or not I am walking by faith by these four tests. Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Romans chapter 4, verse 20. It says this about Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Here's test number one. Is what I'm doing just to please myself, or is it for the glory of God? That's a good test. Now, whatever is of faith can glorify God. Whatsoever is not of faith is of sin, the book of Romans tells us. So here's test number one. Is it for the glory of God? A man comes to me and says, I'm going to change jobs. I believe God wants me to change jobs. Is it for the glory of God? That's test number one. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. Romans chapter 10 and verse 11 is the second test of faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now this is a quotation from Isaiah 28, 16. And as you know, when the New Testament writers quote the Old Testament, they always amplify the meaning, make it a lot deeper and a lot more personal. Romans chapter 10, verse 11 quotes Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah 28, 16 says this, He that believeth shall not make haste. Paul says, Whosoever believeth shall not be ashamed. You can see how these two verses work together. Whenever I make haste and run ahead of God, I always end up being ashamed. Has that been your experience? I can recall people saying, oh, Brother Wiersbe, I'm going to do this or that, and God's led me to do this. And before long, they come back with their tail between their legs and their face hanging down and they're full of disappointment. They're embarrassed. They're ashamed. I recall a man up in Indiana who said the Lord had led him to give up his job and do thus and so. And I said, you better be sure it's the Lord's leading and not your own selfishness. No, this is the Lord's leading. That man almost lost everything. And he couldn't blame God for it. It was his own fault. Now, here's test number two. Am I willing to wait? He that believeth on him shall not make haste. Am I willing to wait? You know, it's one of the most difficult things in the world for most Christians to wait. Wait on the Lord, says the psalmist. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on him. You know, Abraham had to learn how to wait. When he was 75 years old, God said, I'm going to give you a son. 25 years later, the boy was born. Moses had to learn how to wait. For 40 years, he had to wait before God would use him to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt. Paul had to learn how to wait. In Acts chapter 16, he tried to go one place and God closed the door. He tried another area, God closed the door. He had to wait. And finally, God said, go on over into Macedonia. It's a mark of maturity to be able to wait. Now, test number one, is it for the glory of God? That's Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Test number two, am I willing to wait? Romans chapter 10 and verse 11. Now, the third test is Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Is this on the authority of God's word? Now, anything I do that I cannot back up with the word of God, I cannot do by faith. Every once in a while, young people get very disappointed and very angry at their pastors because a godly pastor should not marry a Christian boy and an unsaved girl. The word of God says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so by faith, a Christian girl cannot get married to an unsaved boy. She can disobey the word of God, but she can't say she's doing it by faith. Test number one, is it for the glory of God? Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Test number two, am I willing to wait? Romans 10, 11. Test number three, 
Is it grounded on the word of God? Romans 10:17. Now, whatever we do that is backed up by the word of God, though everything cave in around us, we can depend on God to see us through. You can just run right through the whole Bible and find this to be true. Daniel. Daniel refused to give up his prayer meeting, and he knew that in faith he could go ahead and pray. They threw him in the lion's den. God protected him. Those three Hebrew children would not disobey God's word and bow down to the idol, and they knew that God would protect them. By faith, we can obey the word of God. Test number four is Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Test number four is this. Does it give me hope and joy and peace on the inside? Now I must confess there are times when I've stepped out by faith and I've known it to be the will of God and there's been some fear and some trepidation, but you know deep inside there's been hope and joy and peace. There's joy and peace in believing. Real Bible faith will bring joy and peace on the inside because the Holy Spirit works. Now Paul was concerned lest Satan had ruined their faith. I've talked with you today about the four tests of Bible faith. I want to repeat them now. Is it to the glory of God, Romans 4.20? Am I willing to wait, Romans 10.11? Is it grounded in the word of God, Romans 10.17? Does it bring joy and peace in my heart through the Holy Spirit, Romans 15.13? This is Warren Wearsby. The program is What's the Good Word? And the Lord willing, next time we'll continue talking in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3.